I like the I like the phrase that says the Bible will still have the answers. God will still be on the throne. Amen. I mean, y'all believe that tonight? Say amen. 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 I appreciate the Lord. It's already been good to be in God's house, had it? I believe we could leave right now and say it's been good to be in the Lord's house. Psalms chapter 48 tonight, and I'll preach a few minutes from this text. The Lord uh, was been speaking in my heart this week from this text, just in my own personal life, and I pray that it will be a help to you as well. It's amazing sometimes when you're preaching through uh, a book or a series or whatever. I'm not a, a series preacher like some preachers are. I just uh, I preach through whatever God lay, lays on my heart, and if sometimes it's two or three or four weeks or six months before I go back, I just pick it back up when it's back in my heart to preach it. But it is amazing to me how that God will let the, the passage fall right at the right place at the right time uh, in all of our life. That just lets us know the Word of God is real. Amen? And uh, there's way more in this psalm tonight than what time or uh, would allow us to preach or what we could even take in tonight. So I'm just simply going to hit the highlight of Psalms 48 and preach what God has laid upon our heart tonight. Psalms chapter 48, if you're able to stand in reverence to the Word of God in prayer, we'll read uh, this uh, psalm tonight and pray, and then you can be seated. Psalms 48 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountains of His holiness, Beautiful for situations, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion, and on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. God is known in her palaces for a refuge. For lo, the kings were assembled, they passed by together, they saw it, and so they marveled that uh, they were troubled and hastened away. Fear took hold upon there, them there, and pain as of a woman in travail. Thou breakest the ships of Tarsus with an east wind, and we have heard, as we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, God will establish it forever, Selah. We have thought, uh, we have thought of thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of thy temple. According to thy name, O God, so is thy praise unto the end of the earth. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgments. Walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof, mark ye well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces that ye may tell it to the generation following. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Father, I pray tonight that you'll bless the reading of thy word. Thank you for the good singing, the good testimonies that we have heard tonight. Lord, you've certainly been better to us than what we deserve. You've done far more than what we ever expected. I pray now that you'll bless the word of God as it goes forth and help us, Lord, on this Wednesday night, not just to be hearers, but help us to be doers of the word of God tonight. And we'll thank you for what you do. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject. On God gives the victory. On God gives the victory. When you come to Psalms chapter number 48 tonight, Psalms 48 is uh, one of three Psalms here uh, from Psalms 46 through 48 that reveals uh, what God has done for the nation of Israel and in particular for the city of Jerusalem. God has protected not only his people but he has protected his palace and you know that's amazing when you go through the Old Testament and down through the uh, Gospels and through the church age you will note that there is one common denominator and it is this that God always has a people and he always has a 
place here on earth. And God is working through those people and God is working in that specific place. And we know that in our day and time it is the church. Amen. Uh, Jesus died for the church and God put his stamp of approval on the church and anything that God is going to do, he is going to do it through his people and through the place that he has chose to put his name. And that is the church. I have no confidence in those that want to bypass and go around the church. I think I mentioned that on Sunday and I want to just mention it again because it deals with our text tonight. If you were living in the Old Testament and you wanted to be in a place of blessing and you wanted to be in a safe place and you would go to Jerusalem, you would go to the nation of Israel, you would worship Jehovah and you would worship like the Israelites and with the Israelites. Amen. In the New Testament, if you want to be blessed, you'll join the church and you'll worship with the church and you'll worship through the church and if you're going to be blessed, friend, it's going to be within the walls of the church. But I think when we come to Psalms 48 tonight, what we find in Psalms 48 is that the enemy has been defeated and the drums of war have been stilled and the battle is over and God's people has won the victory. Amen? Do you realize tonight that that is what God wants for every believer is he does not want us to live our life in defeat, but he wants us to live our life in victory. Amen? Just as Joshua took the children of Israel over the Jordan River and got them into Canaan's land. That was the will of God from the beginning when he brought them out of Egypt. Amen. And they crossed the Red Sea and into the wilderness. God had a plan and a purpose. And hear me tonight, young people. It was not to live in Egypt. It was not to live in the wilderness, Egypt being a type of the world and the wilderness being a type of a backslid Christian life and a type of wandering. But God wanted them across the Jordan and he wanted them to live in Canaan where they could live in victory throughout the rest of their days. Well, the same thing is true in our life tonight. Whenever God saves us, he does not save us just to struggle along and to do the best we can to get by, but he seals us with the Holy Spirit. He gives us the word of God as our sword and our shield. He gives us the church that we can join. And all of these are benefits that we might live and lead a victorious Christian life. Amen. And so we come to Psalms 48 tonight. And what ha- what we have in Psalms 48 is we have 14 verses tonight where the psalmist is simply telling us uh, that the enemy's been defeated. God has taken care of his people, but he's taken care of Jerusalem. He talks about the safety that's within Jerusalem. He talks about the terror that came upon the enemy whenever they looked upon Jerusalem because Jerusalem was a holy city and God's people are a holy people. I'm telling you tonight, God will take care of his church uh, just like he's going to take care of the nation of Israel. Amen. And God's going to take care of believers uh, just like he's taking care of the Jews. Amen. I want to tell you he's not done with a Jew and he's certainly not done with the church. Amen. And we are not to live in de- a defeat, but we are to live in victory. Amen. You know where most of our services, and I'll tell you, there's enough background to preach from Psalms 48 tonight. I may just skim the verses because uh, there's so much application from the, the background of Psalms 48. But the truth of the matter is uh, that most people are not living, and most churches are not living in victory. They're living in defeat. Amen. About the quietest place you go nowadays is church. You know that? 
Why, there's enough people here tonight that say amen to every song that's been sung and the sermon that's being preached. Amen. For every testimony that's ever given, the church should not sound like a funeral parlor. It ought to not be deathly quiet in church. We don't have to run the aisles in every service, but we ought to say amen. We ought to say praise the Lord because God's been too good to us to sit on our blessed assurance and never say amen to the truth. Brother Bobby, you don't have to act like me. I don't got to act like Brother Barnes or Brother Laddie tonight. But at the very least, we ought to smile and say amen or nod our head or wave our hand to the truth of the word of God. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, church ought to be alive. Amen. You look at verse number one. He said, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountains of his holiness. What is the psalmist saying in these first three verses? Now, this chapter deals with Zion. It deals with Jerusalem. And in the first three verses here, he's talking about the glory of Zion. Amen. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Now, notice this, in the city of our God. When a, when a Jew thought about the, uh, the glory of God, you know what they thought about? They didn't just think about heaven's glory, but they thought about the glory that they had seen inside the gates of Jerusalem. <clears throat> you know tonight, when I think about the glory of God, I not only think about heaven's glory, but I think about the glory that I've seen inside the sanctuary. David said in Psalm 63 in verse number 1, he said, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. He said, My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where the water is to see thy power in thy glory. Notice this, so as I've seen thee in the sanctuary. David had been to Jerusalem. David was responsible for bringing the ark of the, uh, the covenant back in, the ark of the Lord, and establishing worship back in its rightful place. Uh, David wanted to build the temple, but he was a man of war. But he wanted to build a house for God's presence and God's glory to dwell in. David was a worshiper, amen. He was a warrior, but he was a worshiper. And David wanted to go to church. David wanted to be around the presence of God. And David said, there needs to be a designated place. And he said, I know where that place is. It's the city of God. It's Jerusalem. That's the place where the Shekinah needs to dwell. Amen. He wanted to have a permanent temple. He wanted to fund and build that temple just like we want to. Amen. So that God's presence and God's glory can dwell. Hey, we don't want to build a church so people can ride by and say, man, that's a beautiful building. I mean, there's tons of them in it everywhere, but they don't mean anything if there's no presence, if there's no glory. I'd rather be in a tent somewhere, so out in the middle of a field somewhere, so with a group of people that are hungry and thirsty and want to see God's presence. I'm telling you, friend, we need the glory back in the house of God. How many of y'all like the glory? Amen. Don't you like to go to church on Wednesday night and hear people say amen? Me too, so y'all keep saying it. Amen. Don't you like to go to church when the choir sings and people testify? Somebody get with whoever's given a testimony. You say, well, I'm not getting much out of it. It's because you're not putting much in. Amen. We're not to look at somebody and size them up and say, well, I'm just not going to go to meeting with this person, but I'll go to meeting with that person. Hey, friend, that's hypocritical. And listen, that's ungodly. Amen. You say, well, I don't know about them. You just trust the leadership. Amen. I mean, if it gets too far out of order, we'll take 
take care of it. But until then, let's just put everything aside. Let's just put our eyes on the Lord and let's let the glory of God fill the house. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, and while I'm on that subject, can I say this? I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for somebody that'll shout on singing and won't shout on preaching. Amen. And I wouldn't give you a nickel for somebody that'll just get up once or twice a year and have a spell and sit there like a wooden Indian the rest of the year. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, if you can't shout on preaching, there's something wrong with you. You're awful shallow. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, what's built my life, what's salvaged my home, what's kept my children, what's held my marriage together, what's kept me in the right way, and what's kept me out of sin. It's some old type leather lug, Holy Ghost, Spirit filled men of God that take that old black back book and get full of God and preach the house down and preach the hide off of me. It's helped my Christian life. Hallelujah. Woo, praise God. I'm talking about if you want to get the glory in the house, the preacher's got a listen, he's got to plow up the tater patch. He's got a name set. You know what God put in my heart about three weeks ago? He said, boy, when the first of the year comes, I want you to plow everything up that I tell you to plow up so that Bible Baptist Church can have an old-fashioned revival. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, if you're going to have revival, you got to preach on sin. Hallelujah. Now, I hope it don't, but it may call a few out. And I'm not out, you know me, I don't want nobody to leave. I, I, I don't believe that. I want to help people, amen? But I'm telling you, if old time preaching don't help you, nothing else is going to help you. And we need God's glory in the house. Some of you sitting here tonight, you need God to light a fire under you. You used to testify. You used to cry. You used to shout. You used to raise your hand. But now you sit there like a knot on the log. It's been a long time since a tear run down your face. It's been a long time since you stood up and just magnified God. You don't got to act like me as I've already said said, but you ought to get fired up on something. Amen. Isn't that right? Brother Jack Middleton never hardly moved a muscle, did he, Brother Mike? But I'll tell you what he'd do the whole time I was preaching. I could look over there and tears was running down his face. Now he wasn't going to shout and he wasn't going to run the aisle and that's all right by me. But I'd see him raise his hand I'd see him get up and say the, that about all he could ever get out. Something like, the Lord's been good. Ain't that right, Brother Lanny? He'd say that. He's so broken. And he'd sit back down. But I'm going to tell you something. He could get up and just say, the Lord's been good. And it seemed like God leaned over the balcony of heaven and blew across the front of the building. And the presence of God was real because he was real. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm not talking about foolish worship. I'm not talking about fake worship. I'm not talking about look at me worship. But I'm talking about something that'll get down, way down in the recesses of your soul. Isn't God good to us? He's let us live another year. And great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is worthy to be praised tonight. Amen. I'll tell you this, friend. We ought to, we're way behind on praising God. Amen. And I like testifying. And I wish some of you testify more than what you do. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. There's more to worship than just testifying. Somebody say amen. We'll just hit it all tonight. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, if you can testify, but you don't ever get with nothing else, you're still off balance. Amen. And if you get, listen, if you don't ever say nothing for God, you ought to get up and testify every now and then. Don't plan your testimony. Just get up and say something and let God be a blessing to you. I don't think we have anybody here that does that anyway. But it's good to preach on all of it. 
by January the 31st, with the help of God, I will have preached on everything that I can think of. Amen. Amen. Everything. And then some. I'm not talking about being a mean, having a mean spirit. Man, don't you want to get closer to God? I don't want to go through the rut, amen. Don't you want the freshness of God? How many of you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost? I'm talking about spirit filled. I'm not talking about something sensational. I'm not talking about something charismatic. But I'm telling you, friend, God is so real and God is so good and He is so worthy to be praised and He'll let you get as close as you want to get to Him. But I'm telling you, friend, sometimes you've got to have the dead limbs knocked off of us so that we can get closer to God, amen. I'm talking about getting the glory of Zion in the house. Brother, I'm talking about, listen, when the choir sings, uh, it don't cost me nothing to say amen. It don't cost me nothing when the preacher is preaching to say amen. It don't cost me nothing to raise my hand or praise God. It don't cost me nothing to smile. Even when Brother Gravely's gone on a Wednesday night, it don't cost you nothing. Oh, let's talk about that a few minutes. Amen. Isn't that right? Don't come to church on Wednesday night when I'm not here and just try to get through the service. Hey, friend, that doesn't, listen, that don't impress me one bit. That's preacher religion, and that's, listen, that's as fickle as fickle can be. You ought to be stronger in God than that. And don't go home and say, well, if preacher ain't here, and I hadn't heard this, but if somebody said it, let me go ahead and nail it. Amen? I'm telling you, friend, don't go home and say, well, Brother Gravely wasn't here, so I'll just sit home next week, and I'll just, you know, I'll just watch the ball game or whatever you want to do. Don't you have that kind of religion, neither? Brother, I want to tell you something tonight. I will gladly trade places with anybody and never miss another Wednesday night in this church. You don't know how many times I've asked God to let me never miss another Wednesday night. Brother, I'm telling you, when you drive three or 400 miles, and you know what I'm talking about, and you pull up in this graveyard dead on Monday and you got to stay there till Friday, I'm telling you, listen, I'd just soon eat briars. I'm telling you. I'd just soon be, be beat with hickories. All of them twisted together one time too. You say, what sounds painful? There ain't no painful, more painful than a dead service five nights in a row. And then you got to pack up and come home again. If I never saw another suitcase in my life, I wouldn't complain about it. Sitting in, in, a, in a, sometimes you get good motels, but Lord, some, uh, most of them are not what you think they are. How many of y'all stay in motels? I'm telling you, listen, I, I mean, if you don't get bed bugs, you're going to get something. I mean, I could tell you horror story after horror, and I'm going to tell you the worst place. When I hear this word, I, I just feel like I'm under the judgment of God when I hear the phrase, uh, uh, prophet's chamber. I'd rather be in a gas chamber than to be in a prophet's chamber. At least there's an end to that. Amen. <laughs> Brother, I'm telling you, listen, I'm talking about, you know what, listen, there's prophet's chambers, you're never by yourself. You've got demons, you've got roaches, you've got rats. Uh, you don't ever got to worry about staying by yourself. In a, listen, one thing you never got to worry about us ever building here, I don't care if somebody gave me a million dollars, I'd say, no, thank you. I don't want a prophet's chamber. Amen. We'll put them in a good motel. We'll rent them a nice house somewhere. So, but I'm telling you, friend, everything imaginable takes place. Uh, what do you say? Why are you saying that? I'm saying I'd rather be here every single Wednesday night where I know what's going on. I know what I'm going to get when I get here. I'm telling you, friend, I don't care who's doing the preaching. I'll get fired up about it. Anything beats anywhere else other than here. I probably lost 
If this goes on the, on the podcast, I probably lost 30 meetings. But I wouldn't care. I'm telling you tonight, you got a good place to come on Wednesday night. Brother, I don't care if a 10-year-old boy's preaching. Stay with him. Is that right? Church is only what we make of it anyway. That's why I worked all day. Well, aren't you special? You've worked all day long like you're supposed to. Well, the, the, you, preacher, I just had a hard day and it's all I could do to get here. You're on an island all by yourself, aren't you? Don't ride that horse. I'm going to tell you, I know what it is to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and work all day and come in on, uh, leave at 7 o'clock and drive 25 minutes and come in with no church, with no church clothes on, just hot and hot and sweaty and it's smelly because you've been in a meal all day long. But I'll tell you why the grace of God with a Bible in my head, I'm not much, but I can tell you what one thing I can pill in my head tonight and say, I stood behind my man of God every Wednesday night when he got up and preached. Uh, I didn't let my sweat, I didn't let my smell, it may have bothered somebody else, but I didn't let it bother me. I didn't let my tiredness bother me. I knew my man of God had labored and prayed and he'd got a message from God and I knew as wore out in body as I was, I was still a blessed individual that sat under the word of God. I made my mind up a long time ago, many years ago on an altar. I'd never sat through a service. I'd just get in on a service. I sure didn't know I was preaching on that, but I'm here to tell you tonight we need the glory of God in the house. Hallelujah. So preacher, why do you hammer that so hard? Because I know this tonight, folks. If we ever ease up, we will die. I've watched too many of them. You know what I've seen down through the years in churches? You go to a church like Bible Baptist Church, Brother Laddie, and you got a corner, amen, corner of gray-haired saints of God, and that generation will come fired up, but as they die. And I'm not saying that's the case here. I just don't want it to ever become the case. Brother, I don't believe them waiting until problems arise to start dealing with them. Let's maintenance it now. Let's call it out now while it's, it's maybe on the rise in this church. Brother Dwayne, it's not here yet. Let's don't ever let it be. You boys start saying amen. I don't even care if you're not saved, say amen. That's right. You say, I don't think they should say amen if they're not saved. Well, I'm preaching the truth. If you agree with the truth, it don't matter if you're saved. Amen the truth. It may lead you to salvation if you'll agree with the truth. Uh, one day the Holy Ghost will stop by your pew. Amen just means I agree. It just means I appreciate what has been said. It means that I'm alert. I'm attentive to what's being said. I'm telling you, friend, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Uh, beautiful for situations, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. On the side to the north, the city of the great king, God is known in her palaces uh, for a refuge. Uh, can I tell you tonight what the church is is exactly what Jerusalem was uh, in the Old Testament in Psalms 48. That's what the church is. Uh, da David said in Psalms uh, 48 and verse 3 that God is known uh, in her palaces uh, for a refuge. Uh, is the church not a place of refuge tonight? Uh, I'm telling you friend, uh, this is a place uh, where you and I can run to three times a week. Uh, we can find shelter. We can get under the word of God. Uh, we can find a place of refuge uh, and a help in difficult times. Amen. How many times have we came to God's house on a Wednesday night and really 
If we be honest, we wasn't looking for much. But God just sat down. And He gave you what you needed. Brother Danny was teaching Sunday school. I told him before service, he was teaching Sunday school. And God used him Sunday morning in such a way that I had to remind somebody after service that, hey, I haven't told him anything. God just ushered in that lesson for who needed it at that time. You know what that is? That's God letting this place be a refuge. You're not getting that out of a Time Life magazine. You're not going to get that watching Fox News. God knows you won't get it watching CNN. Amen. I'm telling you, you're not going to get that. Uh, listen, uh, uh, you're not going to get that down at the Mooses or the Gooses or any of them other places or the Masonic Lodge. Uh, you're not going to get any of that down there. Uh, uh, but thank God, I'll tell you, there's a lot of times uh, I wearied my way in on a Wednesday night, uh, wore out and tired. The devil rode me all week long. Uh, and I thought I'd never see the sunlight of another day. Oh, but God, uh, but God, uh, he came through. Uh, maybe in a song, uh, maybe in a sermon, maybe in a testimony. He just sat down and he lifted me up above the shadows and he gave me strength for the journey to go on for the glory of God. Amen. Brother, that's what this place is. It's a refuge. I mean, there's a lot of things the world would look at it tonight. What makes Bible Baptist so special is the glory of Zion. There's seven other points in that psalm, but I don't think God wants me to preach them tonight. And I'll tell you what we find in this psalm here is that David, the palace, Jerusalem, held a special place in David's heart. It's a great psalm. I may come back and preach some more of it in some weeks to come. It's a great psalm. I want to tell you tonight, just as Jerusalem held a special place in the heart of the Jew that loved Jehovah, the church ought to hold a special place in the heart of every believer. I'm going to tell you, I think you ought to stand up for your church. And you know, I, 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 most of us pastors won't preach it, Brother Bobby. There's some things as a pastor you don't want to preach because you're afraid if you preach them, people think you've got the wrong motive. If you preach take care of the man of God, they might say, well, you're just wanting to fatten your pocketbook. If you preach, well... Stand up for the man of God. Hold the man of God's hands up. They'll think, well, you just want to make a God out of yourself. I don't, I don't believe any of that. But I believed everything I just said before I was a pastor. And I believe it tonight with all of my heart. And a few years ago, God told, he spoke to me and he said, I remember where I was at. And I said, God, I can't preach give the pastor a raise. I'm the pastor. I can't preach stand with the man of God. Hold his hands up. I'm the pastor. God said, you'll preach the whole council is what you'll do. Because one day you won't be here. One day you'll be gone. You better hold the road for that man coming behind you. And I'm telling you, friend, you ought to stand up for the pastor and the pastor's wife. Amen. You ought to stand up for your church. Amen. You ought to double dog, you ought to triple dog to dare somebody just to say something about your pastor. You say, well, you're not much. Well, I'd be the first to agree with that. But I'm sorry, you're stuck with me and I'm stuck with you. So the best thing we can do is defend each other, amen? We just gotta back each other. And I'm telling you, friend, when I wasn't a pastor, somebody said something about my pastor or they said something about my pastor's wife, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd climb up on their rooftop and I'd tear every one of their shingles off, amen? I'm talking about, friend, somebody ought to stand up in this day and be a person of conviction love your church don't talk bad about your church and don't let anybody else talk bad about your church God knows we ain't perfect we're all a mess tonight but this is still the best crowd I know 
And I thank God. How many of you tonight thank God? You're a member of a Bible-believing local New Testament church. I'm going to tell you one thing. I don't have no uh, uh, jealousy in my heart tonight, but I can tell you one thing as a man of God. I'm not the shepherd. I'm the under-shepherd. But I am jealous over the sheep that God uh, has entrusted me with tonight. Every one of you, uh, I pray for you every morning by the help of God. Uh, call your name out. I don't want no... Uh, listen, I'm not patting myself on the back, uh, but God in heaven knows uh, I want to carry a burden for you, and I believe you pray for me. Uh, and brother, I believe you ought to love you your church and you ought to stand up for it hallelujah I'll never forget I knocked on the door probably half a mile from here one day and uh, I invited a person to church I said and I I didn't I said we're out on visitation just out knocking on doors inviting people to church and before I could get anything out that individual said well I go to church I said well that's a blessing I said, where do you go to church at? They said, I go to Bible Baptist Church right down here. <laughs> I said, really? I said, how long have you been going to church at? I don't remember how long they told me. But uh, long enough I should have knew them. <laughs> I said, well, I said, you got a good pastor? Oh, we, we got a great pastor. <laughs> yeah, I fished it out, brother. I said, well, I'd like to invite you to church. They said, where are you from? I said, I'm from Bible Baptist Church. I said, I'm Pastor Ricky Gradley. They looked as shocked as some of you look right now. <laughs> hey, friend, I want to tell you something tonight. The Bible said, let us not love in word and tongue, but in deed and truth. Brother Blue said it so right the other night. When he said saying you love the church and never going to it is like saying you love, you love your wife and never going home. And while I'm on that subject tonight, the man who's loved many women has never loved one. And the man who's loved only one has loved them all. You see tonight, brother, I'm telling you, we are the bride of Christ. And I am thankful that I get to start 2019 off a member of this church. I'm going to tell you, God's put so many things in my heart this past, these past two days. I praise his name for it tonight. I believe it will be the greatest year of our church ever. I believe that with all my heart. I believe God's going to let us do things for his glory that we'd never even dreamed of. If Jesus hadn't come, and I hope he does, but this time next year I think we'll look back and we'll say, I stand amazed. Great is the Lord. I'm greatly to be praised. This is a good place to raise your children. It's a good place to worship God together as a family unit. It's a good place to pass out tracts. Tell somebody, hey, I go to Bible Baptist Church. I go to the greatest church in the world. Won't you come Sunday? Won't you come Sunday? And I, I just started telling them this. I said, hey, you remember how church used to be? Now, some don't. But I see, remember them old-fashioned churches, them old-time churches when they just sang and, and they worshiped God and, and people said, yeah, yeah, I remember those. I said, that's the kind of church we are. Why don't you come visit us? So won't you come be with us? You see, tonight, there's people everywhere that need a good place to go. People within the shadows of this steeple going to hell tonight. Well, pray for our church. Let's pray for the power of God tonight as we stand on our lives and in our church tonight. Great is the Lord. 
God took care of Jerusalem. And I'm going to tell you something. I can tell you on the authority of this book and the Holy Spirit in my soul. God will take care of this church. I've watched him do it down through the years. He's took care of this place. He's held it up. You know why? Only because we've honored him. This ain't about no preacher. This ain't about no individual. I'm going to tell you what makes this place special. It's all about the Lord. And as long as we keep it that way, as long as it stays that way, God will pour out His blessings on us. Amen. My brother Brian sings, if you need to come tonight, you obey God.